0: For November 11th, 2019, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 593. Strong Sad, Trogdor, Fenzel. Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The overthinkers are like, well, what shall I name us? How shall I describe us? What collection of sounds shall convey the meaning that I want to convey when I uh, call us your smart, funny friends from the internet? Never happier than when we're talking about the things that interest us. Sometimes we talk about the latest uh, movie, TV show, book, podcast. I don't, have we ever done a podcast? Uh, music. Sometimes it's a, you know, it's a work. It's a a work of pop culture, a work of art in the popular culture. And sometimes we have travel plans over the weekend and, uh, and we record off cycle and we don't know what even, I, I don't even know what movies are coming out this weekend. And so we talk about, uh, something else and we just brainstorm until we, uh until we hit on an idea and here's how we hit an, on an idea you know pete blindsided us on the podcast a couple weeks ago it was very sneaky of you pete oh i i should say i'm matt rather that's pete fenzel hello pete
1: hello pete
0: the sneaky and mark lee hello mark <laughs>
1: mark the mischievous
0: and uh and the uh P- you blindsided us on the podcast i had no idea that you, you announced there was there would be a, a new fenzel coming into the world and uh and you and did it on the podcast and it our our shock and amazement and delight were real. And, uh, when we stopped recording, I asked if you had any names and, uh, you said you didn't want to talk about it. So let, let me ask you here on the podcast in front of, uh, you know, the literally dozens of people who listen to us, uh, Pete, do you have, do you have any names? How, How are you thinking about the, the, the naming of the, the new Fenzel to be?
2: You mean Jeff Goldblum (laughs) Fenzel?
0: I was wondering, you know, like Naruto Fenzel. or (laughs)
2: Strong, sad (laughs) Fenzel.
0: Strong, sad Trogdor Fenzel.
2: There it is. Yes, exactly. Trogdor, yes. It's going to be Buffy Angel Fenzel. So so the first thing that you realize...
0: Jean-Luc Fenzel.
2: So the first thing you realize, I think when you're trying to think of names or one of the first things that you realize is that you have a lot of names kicking around in your head for a variety of reasons, right? Um, the short answer to your question is, of course, we have names. We have a whole spreadsheet, um, which I will not share the details of and will mostly speak around, because uh, I, I, I do feel like if you actually divulge, you know, the the name that you actually are intending on, you know, and we, I think, have maybe narrowed it down to like 30 or so that are kind of the short list. Um but you actually have Vulture it before it happens, it, and I wouldn't necessarily – it feels like bad luck, but it's just sort of like – it's just not the right time, right? You haven't met the person yet, uh, even though they're not really going to have a fully formed personality even a little bit. They're not going to have the kind of cognitive ability to present themselves as a self to you. It does sort of seem rude to name someone before you meet them. Um but but one thing that you do find out pretty fast is that you have a whole lot of names to make jokes about. And, and so I've definitely had the experience of, you know, getting the book of 100,000 baby names from the library and just paging through it and uncontrollably being drawn to all the jokes to make. All right. Um there is yeah. for example Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, put those out there because these are like obviously not uh, up for contention, right?
2: right? Right, well yeah, and I'm not going to mention any names that are seriously up for contention in this whole discussion because I'm more interested in this idea of you know, hey, you know, it's it's in the Bible and it's kind of one of the more interesting literary moments in the Bible. Right. If you consider the Bible literarily, uh, one of the sort of big themes that runs through certain parts of it is this sort of is this it's it's interesting how kind of epistemological and almost postmodern it is sometimes. So the idea that Adam names all the animals and, and stuff, right, Adam, Adam is supposed to go around giving everything names. And that's part of his job in the Garden of Eden. And this is sort of something that exists through the culture. It's kind of a through line. The rule of the namer, it, it, the role of the namer is kind of a powerful role. Um, whether you're, you know, in Earthsea and you're using somebody's true name to uh, to cast magic on them, or whether you're, you know, playing magic and you're playing true name Nemesis, which is, you know, not something that should ever be legal in a non, non-rotating format. But no, but the, the point is that um, <clears throat> when you have you know, a kid coming, you are in the situation of having the, the power to give somebody a name that will presumably be with them for at least some part of their life. And if they do reject it, it'll be, you know, and replace it, then it'll be something that sticks with them too, is sort of this shadow that they'll follow them around. You,
0: you can't um, name me dad.
2: <laughs> that is literally the only thing I can do is <laughs> the one thing that I can do. I can't, I can't make it stick, but I can give it a shot. Um, so yeah, so, So you come up with ideas and there's a couple of different methods. I guess first, before going into any further, I will like to make an unpaid endorsement of the Kinder app, which is an app, an app you can get where it's like Tinder, but you, you pair your account, you get it and a collaborator in the naming of whatever it is you're naming also gets it and you connect your accounts and then it shows you a list of names and you swipe right or swipe left on it and then it will give you. The names that you both swept, swept right on, uh, which is just a delightful way of finding all sorts of names that uh, you would not necessarily know that you both in, agree on. It's also
1: one of its primary functions to sublimate conflict over names, right?
2: Rather sublimate be, it? What do you
1: mean? Uh, to to um, make it uh, easier to reject things and not, not have all wrapped up in uh, emotions and, and ickiness with your partner. Right. Just like, you know, oh, I really like X. And um, it's a polite way to say, no, I don't like it rather than like yeah, having an argument about it.
2: Right. And as much as I joke about Adam and said, he obviously this is a collaborative endeavor for sure. Um, and a, and one where it's actually kind of hard sometimes to talk through what the terms are for how you're going to compromise on it. Um, not necessarily just because there's like it's really contentious, but just because the directions it could go in are so many. There's so many ways that it could go. And some of them are really more or less emotionally resonant than others some of them are more or less practical than others um and and one of the ways to get around it is to to look at all the names that you could pick but you're not going to because they're funny uh and what does that say about kind of all the names that you have rattling around your head so like when i was sitting down with the book at one point i said to my wife okay i'm gonna stop with the jokes Every time I open this book, all I do is make constant <laughs> jokes. Like, so, for example, there's a Hungarian name, which is the Hungarian version. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's Magyar proper or just from uh, you know, that part of Eastern Europe of the uh, familiar, I believe, Polish name Wenceslas. Right. The Good King Wenceslas looked out on the Feast of Stephen and whatnot. That is Wenzel right yeah it was we couldn't name the kid yeah. wenzel fenzel <laughs> like this and it, that's like an option yeah, it, says that, Pete, yeah, you said right? you
0: said that that, that that you said that in the past tense and i'd like to correct you and say you still can
1: <laughs>
0: name the kid <laughs> wenzel, wenzel fenzel, <laughs> fenzel right
2: <laughs> um yeah yeah we still have the op- obviously the kid isn't even due for a long time right another five months at least um and uh well I mean I I know exactly how much, but let's not dwell on that. Um but uh but all of these all these names that are funny because they are uh you know, pop culture references. I said this to my wife that I'm not gonna make jokes anymore and I open the book and the first name I see is Rafiki. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, nailed it. Actually, I was like, oh, God damn it. I can't you know, I can't get away from the fact that names are funny uh, and that, that pop culture phenomena have names that are rattling around inside your head that are not names for people, for real people. And this idea that there are sort of un, I mean, not let me rephrase Rafiki is a name. And actually, this is pretty interesting. Rafiki is a name that you could give a real person, right? Yeah, it's a
0: Swahili uh, word that means friend, right?
2: Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know exactly what it means because I actually didn't read the entry. I just saw it, reacted, and shut the book. But yeah, like if that, if that is the sort of framework under which you could be giving a name. But for me, it would be inescapably tied to the Lion King, you know, Mandrill or Baboon, right? Uh, and, and so that would be, you know, it would be inappropriate to give that name for me to give that name. Well, to I my, mean,
0: you're, you're you touching know. on something. Yeah, there there are sort of like, aside from the cultural connotations, like Wenceslaus. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not Wenzel Fenzel, but Wenceslas Fenzel at least deserves a strong consider. I mean, like <laughs> maybe, maybe,
2: you, maybe, you, you and me and my wife, I think, all have very different ideas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, maybe a thing, but then then there are like. Um, you know, uh, then there are sort of the personal meanings to you. And yes, it can be like, you know, I, I, I have a name that has been associated with several tumultuous romantic partners in my life that no child of mine would ever be named. You know what I mean? There are personal meanings that certain names have. And then there are like family, you know, family meanings, like naming is sort of a debt uh naming is sort of a debt to history. Uh we you know I had a girlfriend when I was 23, we had 22 and 21, 22 and 23 and you know because we were young and stupid and very much in love we would think about like names that our children would have. And she had this idea that like they should all be that it was a mix and match game of the male or female names in your family tree that you right. could like you know you had the, but that this was the set you know, that you had to work with, uh, of, you know, um, your male or your female relatives, depending on the sex of the child. Uh, and that like, so there are, it's, it's very, it's a very complicated matrix. It's a very complicated multidimensional, um, hyperdimensional even uh set of continua that you have to uh, negotiate your way across.
2: Right. And I think that, There's a there's a whole I mean there's yeah so the continua, right you could you could name the kid after something I say name the kid as if in a sort of dismissive way Um, but you some you do name things that are less serious than children in terms of the consequences to a human being such as naming a dog naming a car. Um, but you know, you can name it after something that matters to you. You could name it as part of a pattern, seeing the name not as something that attributes to an individual, but that's part of a family, right? You could name somebody with something that is has a meaning that that is associated with something that you want to be associated with the thing that you're naming, you know, so like, you know, Stone Phillips's parents liked rocks. Presumably right. And they named it doctor uh-huh. uh, <laughs> uh, The, the, fam, the, par- fam, the par- parents of like the Rock save me Peter. The parents um, of the uh, the Rock. As yeah,
0: with the, par- the parents of the Chevy Silverado named it <laughs> <laughs> Silverado. I want, hey Pete, I I want to read into the record a document here. Uh, do. May I do this? It's a poem. It's uh, five short stanzas. It's um. It's uh, called Adam's Task by our teacher, Pete John Hollander.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: And okay. this is his, really the only poem that he ever wrote in, you know, a, do- a dozen volumes of poetry that's ever anthologized anywhere. Um, because it's easy to understand. And yet, actually, it, it is really inexhaustible to meditation, I have found. So this is called Adam's Task. It has an epigraph from Genesis chapter 2, uh, which is, And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. All right. And here is the poem. Thou paw-paw-paw, thou glurd, thou spotted glurd, thou white-stap lurching through the high-grown bush, thou pliant-footed implex, thou awagaboo. Every burrower, each flyer, came for the name he had to give, gay first work, ever to be prior, not yet sunk to primitive. Thou vertel, thou McFleary's poma, thou, 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 three types of grawl, thou flisket, thou kibosh, thou comma-irid mass hawk, thou all, thou all. Were in a fire of becoming, laboring to be burned away, then work, half-measuring, half-humming, would be as serious as play. Thou pambler, Thou Rivarn, thou greater wear it and thou lesser one. Thou Sproul, thou Zant, thou Lily Eater. Naming's over. Day is done. That's a really good poem, I think. Um, and the, the, like, the easy way to go into it is like, Oh, we're in a fire of becoming laboring to be burned away. Then work half measuring, half coming, half humming would be as serious as playing. Like, Oh, it's about, it's about poetry, right? It's about sort of writing poetry and it's about like making meaning. But if you won't, and you know, this is left as an exercise to the reader. We'll do a, do a link in the show notes, but the, the, um, and you know, we'll put it next to the Kinder app so that you have like, paw 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 and glurred and a pliant footed implex as options for naming your children um the uh the whole the whole each name is like does a different thing right like goes in a different places on the set of continua that that we're talking about they're either like descriptive but it's an exercise in question begging because what does descriptive mean in an atmosphere of no descriptions (laughs) You know, in a, in the Garden of Eden before there's any reference of like human culture. Uh, they are onomatopoeic. They are, um, sort of impressionistic, uh, and they relate to each other. Um, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty good. I wish I, you know, I Googled it after I realized I should, should read it right after we, we, uh, started talking about this. So I, the, the sounds are important and I screwed up a couple of them. Like I shouldn't have said irid because I was just doing it off the cuff, but, uh, yeah. So this is, you know, I don't know, the idea of Adam's task being naming and Adam's task being naming the animals is, uh, you know, I don't know, is it a, a rich and, and interesting
1: idea. So this well, is the this is fascinating. This is the first time I've ever thought of the act of naming as creating poetry. Right. Mm. Uh, I, I think that's a way of saying of getting at what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Right, Matt? So, I mean, like, so in other words, like. You know your names, right? Matthew Rather, Peter Fenzel, right? They have a rhythm to them. They have a mouth feel um, yep. that uh, that <laughs> it, is, it is it's it's pleasing to hear. Right, so two syllables, two syllables, right? Peter Fenzel, Matthew Rather. Yeah. So sure. Then he gets, to, and then okay, let's talk about my name for a second, right? Now remember that I was named uh, by people who don't speak English as, as their first language. I e, my Korean immigrant parents, Mark Lee. I have never liked the mouth feel and the rhythm of that. Mm. Can you give some reasons why, except from a sort of a poetic analysis perspective, as to why I might
2: not be yeah. so pleased with this? Well, for one, I mean, Matt, do you want to go first or well, uh, the, I can dive right in? I,
0: I think there's something about the acu- acrobatics. I mean, A, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, uh, I don't necessarily agree that your name has an uh, unpleasing mouthfeel. I mean, I don't know if we're that kind of friend, Mark, though, you know, two, two decades, but uh, I think your mouthfeel is A OK, buddy.
1: <laughs> but, um, That's very charitable <laughs>
0: It's not it's it's just it's what i think but uh there there is a i mean okay so you have a m a nasal continuant er another uh another continuant um actually that may it may be a different class of sound and and k which is the um uh glottal plosive right unvoiced glottal plosive so you're like you're all over the mouth you know uh from front to back and it's also uh, you know, you're, you're kind of mixing a bunch of different consonant sounds. The other thing is that there's a hard stop at, at the K because K is unvoiced. Uh, let me, so, so, okay. Here's a little thought experiment for you, Mark, right? Okay. Suppose, suppose, uh, you had been born a girl and they had named you Margaret and your nickname was Marg, G with a G and they called And so we called you Margly. right? Is that better or worse? Worse. What, really?
1: I, I think so, yeah.
0: Oh, I was, I was going to try to make the argument oh. that because G is voiced, and so the voicing, you can sort of bring the words together a little more, that G and L, goal, The
1: flow, okay, the flow, yeah. Yeah, that it creates
0: that. a little more, for, rather than stopping the phonation of air so that you say Mark Lee, you know?
1: Yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah. so well, there, there's another dimension to this I want to add, which is uh, uh, because of the w- way that uh, Native Korean speakers speak English, that consonant is super tricky. That's that final consonant sound. So it comes out more kind of like mak, mak. Oh, an yeah. Aspirate, mak, mak. The same way
0: when I, when I taught English in Japan for six weeks, they called me mato. Uh, yeah, yeah that's,
1: know, that's a similar idea yeah. that there With are, Matt, yeah, that the Stop Matt. And it's, it's doesn't exist in, yeah, the, in Japanese or Korean in the, yeah.
0: The kind of the phonetic, the sort of phonetic picture of, of a lot of, yeah, a lot of East yeah. Asian languages. So like I got called Mato sensei, which actually <laughs> I thought was pretty rad. Um, yeah. but like, okay. Mark Lee, I don't know, Pete, where, where, where do you come down on the, on the, pho- uh, phonological aspects of Mark's name?
2: Well, my first question was, Mark, do you have a Korean name as well as Mark, or is Mark your name, period?
1: I have a, middle, I have a Korean middle name. It, What's is your song, th- it is Sung Min. Sung so Min. Yeah. So in Korean, you, you would say my first name, for, uh, last name first. And, and it's not pronounced Lee, it's pronounced E. Um, the, uh, the, the Lee is thrown in there just sort of just in the transmogrification into English. So it would be E Sung Min.
2: So so, OK, so, see, this is what I'm talking about, because it's what it seems to me like in naming and giving you that name is that it doesn't seem to me like Mark is meant to pair with Lee in that order. Right. Um, partially. And, and the way that I that a way that I, I sense this is because when you write it or say it, you will often say Mark Esley which mm-hmm. which gives what Matt was talking about, gives you that little bit of extra kind of room. It's not a voiced consonant, the S, right? But it, it, it's easier than going from the K to the L. But if the idea is that, yeah, because I, I would want to know, when your parents named you, they were probably naming you with a Korean naming convention, at least operating subconsciously. So like, what is your name in the Korean naming convention? And you're and so when you're saying it's Sungmin, it's not, is that what it is, Sungmin?
1: Yeah, Sungmin, yeah.
2: Sungmin, so it's not just your middle name, if it is your kind of, your is your Korean, not first name, what would be the word? I, not prenomen, but like your, um, uh, yeah, not, yeah, my, my, family my first name, name,
1: my given name. Yeah.
2: Your given name. Okay. Yeah. So, and in Korean, you would start with your family name and then follow with your given name. And your given name in Korean is Song Min. Yeah. So it's Isong Min, uh-huh. which, which has no problem with, you know, phenomena phonology in terms of getting the, the, the words out, and I should say it with a little bit more affection because I've known you for so long. Uh, I mean, and actually, by the way, also that, has that. Well, I
0: actually don't know. I don't know how Korean is stressed in in spoke, but when when you say E Sung Min, has that uh, trochaic, you know, uh, kind of beat to it.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so just just to, to round that out, um, and then the transition to uh, the thought process behind my uh, giving a name to my son. Um, when you say it all together, Mark Sung Min Lee, that. Blows a little bit better, and to the earlier point, like breaks up that sort of that the awkward consonant uh, collection going from Mark to Lee. Um, so, uh, and and that brings me to the, uh, the very deep thought process around uh, finding a name for my uh, for my son. Um, and there's a bunch of different criteria. Which I won't, actually, let me throw out one of the the bad names, the joke names, that uh, a couple of them that uh, were sort of brought up very quickly and shot down. Um, one was John Connor. <laughs> um, uh,
2: uh, and i on a scale uh, of one to ten how serious an idea was that for me yeah
1: probably like with uh, like an eight um for, yeah. so honest, for
2: real right? just like blinky was really going to give his son the middle name danger at one point
1: right uh-huh yeah, yeah something along those lines yeah. <laughs> yeah um i mean for obvious reasons right if you listen to last week's show you know why <laughs> john connor's very near and dear to me no. um another name that was quickly shot down was robert
2: <clears throat> robert lee oh dear uh,
1: yeah i know yes <laughs> Uh, that uh, that other son of the south um and so but uh one of the nice things about robert though is uh sort of the the rhythm that it creates um robert lee um that is to say like uh we specifically were going for two consonances two consonants sorry two syllable first name because i didn't like the mark lee that's just mm-hmm. kind of the the boom boom aspect of it i wanted to create what was that word you were using earlier well trokey so speaking to the, yeah
0: yeah trokey is strong wheat so da 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 you know um, once upon a midnight dreary while i pondered weak and weary it's related to i which reverse it right like uh, you know let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments love is not love which alters when or actually more to the point what's in a name that which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet Right? That, you know, the that. But then, like, also, by the way, if you say your, in English order, if you say your full name, you you have a, um, oh, Pete, what is it? It's a dactyl, right? Mark Songmin Lee sits in a tree.
2: Hmm. Uh, a playing,
0: <laughs> playing guitar and counting to three, right?
2: Like, melodiously playing guitar, <laughs> melodiously. Right? Cool. Yeah, and you want to. Nice. You
0: actually you want the Love second. It. You want the second one to actually go through without a thing. Playing guitar most melodiously, or playing guitar quite melodiously, or something like that, so you don't break the rhythm. Yeah, exactly. So those are yeah, those are trokies. Um, okay. And your so, name, so. your name for what it's worth, is a spondy which is two strong beats together. Mark Lee. Mm.
2: it's not bad it's just hard to say it in one in one thing yeah it's strong it's it comes across as very strong and authoritative yeah that's right uh yeah Uh, so we
1: we talked about uh you know the power of giving something a name right so you have you have given a name for the sound of my name and uh if that ain't meta i don't know what it is but anyway to, to go back to the name we did pick for my son it was owen lee A two-syllable thing. It was like you know, very clear from the very beginning that that's what we wanted. That's the rhythm. That's the poetry. That the the type of poetry that we wanted to create. Um, So, uh, given that, um, what do you? How do you guys interpret that little line of verse, Owen Lee? It's not. Um,
2: Sorry,
0: I'm sorry. I I like it. It's nice. There's. It has a kind of like. this sounds I like that it starts with a vowel. It has a, a really melodic quality to me.
2: Yeah. I, I kind of want to check the uh that vowel order rule. Right? Isn't there wasn't that making the rounds a little bit? Um that it's the vowels always follow a specific order with O, I, then A, then O. Um cuz it, it seems like O and Lee, it just feels like the vowels are in the right order. Is is what I'm saying. I don't know exactly what it is about either English or my preconceived notions about uh, about that name that would lead me to think that. But there's there's uh, one of the one of the tough things about a name is that it's going to generally be in a language, right? And as much yeah. as you want your name to be something that stands on its own, it's going to be in the context of other words and, and have a right. certain scaffolding associated with the way that that language functions, um which in turn is going to influence the art that's made in that language because the language is kind of a shared project right um at least if you look at it like a po if you look at naming like poetry then that's kind of what it is because you're you know you're sort of in- influenced by other names and and all that other stuff so did, did does owen have a have a um an alternative name for either his uh either of his east asian backgrounds he does
1: okay. um before we i, I mentioned okay. that though i want to just round up the 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 conversation around vowel sounds which you yeah. made me think of another thing that was off the list um specifically because of the sort of the nature of the sounds that would create was anything with the e sound mm. in the middle of it so like Stephen lee e e right. um that was just our, uh, my wife and i like very quickly agree that like we don't want that there's something negative about that and um can either of you like try to suss out a little bit like what's what might be a problem with that
2: like why do um, you want resonance of the same vowel sound twice I mean, in the name? Maybe it's because it's repetitive. I don't know. Like the yeah, that's that's
1: basically it. Yeah, yeah. Come
2: on, we're overthinking it. What, on, do you, I mean,
0: more that. what do you think? I mean, what do you think of uh, Getty Lee?
1: Uh getty. That's that's there's something about that that uh, is is more pleasing. Yeah. Getty.
0: I mean, right like I don't know. It,
1: maybe it's the association with the Fine Art Museum in uh, the greater, <laughs> greater, uh, greater Los Angeles area that was nearly burnt to a crisp recently, right? Um, sorry, too soon with the fire. Talk again. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I
0: don't know. Sorry, go ahead. And actually, Getty Lee, Lee is his middle name. But, uh, you know, yeah, that, that like, um, there's, there are two E sounds and uh, right in a row.
2: I mean, I would say that, that as an instance evocative, Right, so um, repetitive vowel sounds draw attention to them to each other and themselves, and so it will feel like the name is trying to make some sort of point. Uh, if it has a kind of certain sounds that are in a row and repeated, it, and, and it'll it will say these are the sounds that are important. Maybe maybe that's the issue: is that the E and Lee, although it is sort of the entirety of the name, um, it's almost like putting that in the driver's seat when really you want the kid's first name to kind of be the kid's name that they would be called. Uh, maybe that's part of what's uncomfortable about it. Um, they would never think they would never be anything other than their full name mm-hmm. uh, because you would always want to repeat it because it draws attention to itself and, and makes some sort of point. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a name that has a more, well, Matthew rather has a, has an as an repeated vowel sound, but it's not E. Uh, it's not that it's not that harsh. Uh, although Matt, maybe you're better with the phonemes in terms of what is the difference between the phonemic, phonemic e e and the phonemic a a well, that you have in your name. Yeah, I mean, like and I have uh, some assonance too, but it's very. Unstressed. Sorry, yeah,
0: e, e is a high front vowel, and ah is a, ah is a back vowel, right? So, it's, mm-hmm. and so the vowels are front or back based on tongue position. And when you say e, right, your tongue kind of arches high and forward to create a narrow space at the front of your mouth. So uh, right in that ah, um, it's not as extreme as ah. If you were to, like, drop your tongue all the way to the floor of your mouth, you know, open your throat and just go ah. Um, but uh, ah ah as well as sort of is back it's a little more close but it's uh it's back so yeah i mean something about that something about the kind of the closed mouth nature of it i think also because people who don't you know people who speak with like a lot of nasality can sometimes actually make the e sound nasal like mm-hmm. instead of saying uh e you know lee they will say lee right with with right. phonated air actually like Coming out like me, like phonated air actually coming out of their nose and no air coming out of out of your mouth. Um, it's actually you can do kind of an interesting thing if you put your your flat palm uh, at your upper lip like a mustache, you know, like a mustache that extends out in front of your face, and you like you can say e and feel hot air on the bottom of your hand uh, when e comes out of your mouth, or you can say e and feel hot air on your nose when uh, out of on the top of your hand when when e um comes out of your nose. If you're trying to get uh nasality out of your speech, for example, if you're uh in drama school and your your voice and speech class for 3 years, <laughs> it's a it's a little hack that you can do to kind of make uh uh it's uh, to kind of make the difference really obviously apparent. It's a very good teacher in terms of like what what you're actually doing versus what it feels like, which is often an inaccurate way to judge the kinds of sounds that you're making.
1: So after all that talk about how I was trying to avoid the E and E sound um, and I'm realizing uh, that in choosing my son's last name, at least how it's pronounced in Korean, we did exactly that. His middle name <laughs> is, is, is Junhee, mm-hmm. So uh, Owen Junhee Lee. Uh, the thing, obviously, you know, a middle name is, well, there's a couple things going on here. One is that a middle name is very infrequently you know, referenced uh, in, the, in the sort of complete way um but the other thing more importantly is like the choosing of the korean name uh the east asian sort of the fusion korean and chinese name that we that we did was not really up to me and my wife (laughs) it was just like with the 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 chinese uh and the korean grandmas uh combined their powers uh, of close cultural proximity and knowledge of chinese characters to come up with something that um was uh acceptable both in Korean and in Chinese, and had a nice name. <gasps>
0: oh, that's well, so interesting. Too. Oh, Owen's middle name is like a linguistic puzzle. That's beautiful.
1: That Kinda, pretty... Yeah. Um, so we could go on for a long time about this, and I'm by no means an expert let's, on this. So let's, let's please. <laughs> um, almost all Korean names have Chinese characters behind them that are there, that uh, have this meaning sort of beyond just uh, the, the sounds that they make. Um, so, mine, for example, believe it or not, you know even it's, it's it's just song min, like without any other context, you wouldn't know what it is unless you ask someone like what are the Chinese characters behind it what is the what are the actual meaning of it and uh it's leader of the people um it's is a fair translation, oh wow, so it actually Korean.
0: it actually is John Connor in a way
1: uh, it, <laughs> it it's, it's not not yeah. <laughs> yeah, also that yeah Richard um, <laughs> so uh for uh, for our son, um, we had the the two grandmas uh, collaborate on it. There's also a connection, just very complicated stuff with uh, my brother and what he named his son. So grabbing one of those syllables, but then uh, grabbing another syllable that came together and it sounded nice in Korean, but also had a nice Chinese um, meaning behind it based from the Chinese characters. and in ours it, the, the meaning is it's, it's not a very elegant translation, but it's like something around like uh, eminent and bright and just you know interpret that as you will. Um, and the other thing to add on to that is there's the Chinese pronunciation which I'm going to butcher is something along the lines of like Jin Shi. So you can pronounce it in that way as well too. And so he has this uh, ability to have to take on an identity in both of those languages and both of those cultures because they are. His cultures.
0: Yeah, that that's his superpower.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, guys, you're you're uh this is all very serious. Uh I got a dog recently.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> Stevie Lee puppy. is a great name for puppy. a dog. Pardon? A lot of <laughs> <laughs> names that are too silly for a person are great names for a dog. Um
0: no, I I don't like uh i don 't like silly dog names like I, I just I seem to remember growing up in Los Angeles in the 90s there were a lot of chocolate labs named mocha <laughs> and and I hated this like it was it was despicable and stupid. I thought um, I feel like dogs should have uh, I feel like dogs should have real names, should have solid names, you know? Um, my, uh, my dad got a chocolate lab in the, in the, I guess 94 and it, uh, his name was Theodore, which I thought was a name and the the name Theodore, um, actually kind of evolved because, uh, they, they, you know, Hey, don't at me. Uh, they got him from a breeder. This was before we knew to adopt, don't shop. You know, it was, it was a simpler time. We threw all our plastic in the garbage, um, it was before China uh, started and then stopped buying our recycling from us. Um, the, uh, so got the, got the dog and the, in the litter, uh, he was kind of the roly poly, uh, one. And you know, the, the, um, like, kinda, the, the fat kid of his litter. So they called him bear. And uh when when they met Bear, uh they said, Oh Bear, like Teddy Bear, Teddy Bear, Theodore, Theodore, Teddy, Theodore. And so his name was was Theodore. We called him called him Theo, which I you know, I liked a lot. And so uh my dog, which I adopted uh from a coworker, um became uh prenamed. And so there was a lot of this it actually kind of became an event in the office. Uh and my dog is sort of a celebrity uh in the office now because he he is the he is the product of this like office adoption, and also um, uh, also a celebrity in my neighborhood when I walk him uh, because he is you know a, a, a handsome boy um, and a basset hound which you don't you don't see a lot of so so uh, he came with the name Gus and I had to decide uh, do I change his name or not. Right. As as an adopted dog, do you change his name or not when I when I foster or adopt this uh this dog from my coworker? And I decided that Gus was a a good enough um a good enough uh like real name solid name and also a very good name for a basset hound with the droopy ears and the floppy jowls and the the hangdog eyes um and you know the the kind of rolls of rolls of skin on his giant dinosaur paws uh and his big floppy tongue I clearly I, I like this dog a lot um he uh I thought Gus was good and I realized that I could take the, I could do the long name, right? I could get, what is Gus short for, you know? Uh, Gustavo. So it, <laughs> Gust- <laughs> Gustavo Dudamel, uh, the conductor of the LA Philharmonic, yeah. Yeah. was you the, go. you know, and the product of uh, El Sistema from... Um, uh, 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 Oh, God. Come on, Matt. Don't be a racist. Venezuela, right? Um, oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, I was like the, the prodigy of that national orchestra system and, and was, uh, uh, sort of named the music director of the LA Phil 10 years ago when he was 27 years old. So, uh, if you think you've accomplished anything in your life, just remember Gustavo Dudamel. Anyway, the, the, uh, I was thinking of naming Gus, Gustavo Dudamel, Gus for short, but I, I landed on, um, uh, Augustus Caesar, first emperor of Rome. So, uh, his name is Augustus Caesar, first emperor of Rome, uh, (laughs) Gus for short. And, um, I feel like this, this both, uh, you know, Augustus is a good, uh, is a good solid, you know, real name, um, for my dog. Anyway, sorry, this, uh, it's not interesting to anyone but me, but there's, there's my, there's my
1: tight, there's, yeah. There is so much to unpack here. Right? <laughs> okay. I guess let's start. Let's start with the fact that Augustus, I think, is a terrible name for a Basset Hound, but Gus is the perfect name for a right. Basset Hound. Yeah. why? Why is that?
0: Well, I, because it's, cause it, Gus, cause Augustus is, is fancified, right?
1: It's too August.
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice. There's a good, I mean, Augustus Gloop is a character in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And that's, you know, that is the, the name Augustus, right? That's the sort of personal connection to it beyond, you know, Roman history. So the, um, the, Uh, yeah, it's, it's fancified and, and Gus is a down home dog, you know, he, he, he's got no truck with your fancy book learning. Uh, he, he knows, uh, he knows how to sniff and, uh, he knows how to eat and he knows how to sit down in the sidewalk when it's time to cross the street. Oh, that's a little poem.
2: Uh, also, uh, basset hounds don't look like they have their clothes pressed. They seem to be slouchy and casual, so they should have informal Right, names yeah. He's he's wearing dress.
0: he's wearing a suit that's like three or four sizes too big for him.
2: If and you were he, naming a penguin, Augustus would be a great name. Right, exactly. he's always dressed so formally for a special occasion.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. like the joke, right? Two penguins are floating down an ice floe. One penguin turns to the other says, looks like you're wearing a tuxedo. The other penguin looks back and says, who says I'm not? <laughs>
2: I think I first we, heard a joke told by Garrison Keeler. Yeah, that's great. Uh, right?
1: <laughs> can, can we pick up the name Gus itself though a little yes, bit more, of course. Right? Like what is it about it that, that gives it that down home quality to it? Just kind of like, you know, don't my name is Gus This is like the um I don't the voice that comes to mind if I were to um uh, to take on the name gospel. Yeah, it's
0: definitely like, I don't know if this is a thing with the kids anymore, but I mean, it seems like everyone gets cheap clothes, cheap new clothes from China or Bangladesh or something now. But like um, when, when I was young, like, and, you know, vintage thrifting was a thing. Like we would all get gas station shirts with round patches with people's uh, names, um, you know, because we were all engaged in kind of a working class, like blue collar face, uh as teenagers growing up in the city uh and Gus was a very good like gas station attendant name you know or gas station sign name Gus's Gas right it's it seems it seems unpretentious uh yeah i guess something about something about the g sound uh gus the way it kind of the way g and U are kind of swallowed in your throat um gives it a kind of like gulpy you know sort of you know imagine uh, you know uh, uh, chugging uh chugging a, a a domestic lager out of a can you know g- 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 gus
2: <laughs> well let's not forget that gus is also the name of one of everybody's I would say without hesitation, favorite fictional characters. Right. Yeah. Of course, referring to the fat mouse from Cinderella, <laughs> <Gus>. <laughs> who, if you just remembered and said, Oh yeah, he is awesome. right? <laughs> As he tries to like stack the cheese that he carries around with him. Um, so, so the idea that Gus is a sort of working class name for people who are friendly and have a certain uh, kind of blue-collar virtue, but are like unintimidating in their uh, in their application of attitudes and feelings to others. Um, it has at least existed since 1950. Uh, I don't know where we can attest uh, the uh, the name Gus as being this specific sort of character. Whether there's a character that comes before that Gus, um, although I guess although looking it up, Gus's real name is octavius in cinderella and i don't know why that which is ironic oh my god octavius octavian augustus yeah oh Oh. i think interesting definitely and it's also funny because i don't think caesar augustus follow the money sheeple yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't think caesar augustus octavianus would ever have referred to himself as the first emperor of rome of course uh, so there's a whole meta history to Gus's name in the performativity of his identity. Um, yeah. Also a great name for a drag queen. Cause it's a performative identity name. Right. And it's, it's a little campy. Uh, mostly Gus just looks absolutely adorable. And, and here's the other aspect of a name, right? Is that you name something, you name a, a something. And then that, that being right. You name a being, and then you interact with that being over time And then retroactively, what that name means to you becomes what that being means to you, right? Uh, You could think, oh, well, that person looks like an ex because they act like an ex. And you can think that the name dictates the behavior. But at the same time, like, you know, Mark means a very specific thing to me now, which is very different from what it meant when I was much younger. Right. I had I had friends named I had a friend named Mark. Right. Who when I was a little kid who was very, very different from Mark Lee. Actually, I ran into him at my 20th high school reunion. Right. He's um, a jerk. Right. He's not a jerk. But he's a fireman. <laughs> uh, so he's not a uh, he's not a, a, a musician and a, and a kind of a person who worries about, you know, uh, infrastructure projects and, and hunter killer robots. Mm. Right. Like that, he's a, he's a yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but for me, the name Mark now means more you than than what it used to mean. Right. Because because this the feedback goes both ways, and the name changes. So like even even going back to the idea that, well, you know, if a name is hard to say or awkward to say, uh, people will change how they say it, right? You don't really have to worry about it too much because people will come up, you know, if you don't like Mark Lee, call yourself Mark Esley, you know, that other people will figure out ways. I think Mark Lee's not that bad, but I think it's actually quite nice. But I also know you, and that's, that's part of it, right? Is I'm fond of that combination of sounds because it means you, and I like you. So... So Gus is cool in advance, but Gus will also become cooler if you see pictures of Gus because he is so super cute he will win you over in a heartbeat. Um, So it's this interesting kind of cycle, right? You name the thing, but then the thing – uh gives life to the name. Names, and yeah, then, and the the name names is the father. The,
0: the, the child yeah. uh, that's interesting. The child is the father of the name to a certain extent, I guess. That's yeah. a that's a uh funny funny thing. That um so but Gus had already been named, and so my question was should I accept should I accept right. this name or should I, you know, exercise my lordly prerogative <laughs> um in order in to uh you know to rename him to like make him mean something something else um Pete, i feel like we got too far away from you though was there more beyond beyond kinder and the spreadsheet was there more in the uh you know in in the process of naming you know untitled Fencil project that uh <laughs> you know that um you could you could talk around without getting uh uh, without you know running afoul of any any commitments you've made to your lovely wife,
2: yeah, of course. So um, one of the issues, and we've touched on this a little bit in terms of talking about how going into Mark's experience naming his son, how the features of the language that he was dealing with, languages he was dealing with informed his choice, right? And, he, and Mark is in a situation where you have very different languages that have certain common characteristics, but you know that part of the Venn diagram isn't huge. Uh, you know, Korean especially has its own sort of orthographic tradition. Right. And, and very distinct and, and brutally efficient and delightful. But, but at any rate, um, I come from a background where, you know, if you go if you go back in my family past the point where we were literate, which is not that far, um, you pretty much only have two big backgrounds. Right? Like I, I am mostly from Ireland and I'm a little bit from Germany and the name is from the last name is from Germany. The rest of the stuff is pretty much from Ireland. And you know I had, this is true on both my mom's side and my dad's side in roughly the same proportion. Uh, and and also everybody is Catholic and like fairly religious. So the same like five or six names get recycled over and over and over again uh, for each gender. And uh, but there's also a sense that um, and this is particularly true, I think, uh, when you're dealing with um, when you're dealing, I, I, I would I would hypo I would hypothesize that this is particularly true when you're dealing with uh, Europe. I think because you have different languages that are spelled in the same alphabet and where the words kind of mix with each other, but where people are kind of cognizant, at least on some level, a lot of the time, of which language the different words come from. Um, Even if you're speaking in a, even if you don't know any of the other languages. Right. Uh, And this is, I guess maybe it's true of, I mean, we've talked about this before, how this may or may not be something that's true of English, that people know whether they care to or not, that the words that they use in English are widely borrowed from a wide variety of languages, but also come from a sort of couple of big buckets. Right. Um, you know, the Latinate words, the Germanic words the I mean, you know, the the use of consonants and vowels and syllables are different in each of them. So if you're trying to compose a name that has a certain feel to it, you're probably going to lean towards a specific sort of language of origin. Uh, you know, well, my wife has a much more heterogeneous uh, ethnic background than I do. Uh, you know, she's she's got at least four or five different ethnicities Um and in terms of, like, where in, of course, I think in Europe, most of her, you know, her family has come from. Um, like, and, and me, also,
0: like me and unlike Gus, uh, she's a mutt. I'm also a mutt.
2: Right, right, right. So that's interesting. See, so so for so and I think this is something that gets missed a lot in the sort of, uh, you know, the what we might term the participation in whiteness. Right. Like naming in my family feels like maybe different from naming in your family because we're not we're not purebred right but because we're we're you know we're from kind of common and, and unelevated stock but uh but we're not mutts in the sense that that my generation is the generation that's really mixing right my parents generation didn't mix because the pressures we our families hadn't assimilated enough into into uh american culture in general by that point that like You know, are we people would marry people from other religions or people would marry people outside of their ethnic group. Right. Um, Certainly not my grandparents. Right. So so, you know, my generation, the amount of of kind of mixing of cultures that's happening with the marriages is much, much higher than in any of the previous generations in my family, probably going back hundreds, if not thousands of years. And so then the question is, what do you name the kid? Right. Because you might want to you don't I don't necessarily feel a huge draw to naming the kid. Uh, A a word that is from a language that they have no ethnic association with at all. Right. Reinhold Fenzel. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the other problem is that German names are kind of silly sometimes. Well, (laughs) not not German ones. There are names that when you think of what's a German name, right, and you're thinking of like Klaus, right, like, you know. Uh, you know al is also a german name huh. <laughs> like it's it's not like you know joe right frank or fred right um, but, uh, but but you also when you think it's what's a german name time. it's like it's like manfred you know otto right um because those are self-consciously German and like not assimilated. They don't but have.
0: But Otto is Octavius, isn't it? Right. Like the, there are cogn- mm-hmm. These a lot of these things are cognates, and it's you, it's interesting. Like to be, uh, you know, what is what is what is a cognate? Like it, for example, how um, Chekhov's play Uncle Vanya is properly translated as Uncle Johnny. Right. And that's uh, not um not really how it's ever translated. And, and
2: also that it's pronounced jajavanya yeah. and has a lot of assonance across the syllables, which I think has a certain meaning in terms of how everybody sees the character and a certain irony with relation I, to the, I always the forget
0: Trump. Pete that you took Russian in college and have actually some yeah. passing familiarity with the the language. I mean, perhaps more than you know, passing, the, I don't know how you've kept it, how, how you've kept it up.
2: Oh, not much, not much at all. It's very hard. Uh, and, and I've never gotten a chance to travel over there. So that was sort of my aspiration. And then when that plan fell through my study up, it stopped. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it, certainly experiencing a language like Russian teaches you, Real fast, how different, right, your language is from other languages, which I'm sure, Mark, you know, you being even closer to immigrant, you know, uh, transition and and having your family probably speak multiple languages in the home. Right. Like it's it's uh, this all this stuff collides in naming is what I'm saying. Uh, All of this stuff comes back and collides in naming. And so there's the question of you want to give the kid a name that connects them to something. You don't want to give the kid a name that pretends to connect them to something that they aren't connected to. Um, And you don't want to give them a name to something that you resent or don't like. Right. Like uh, um, in terms of like historical, you know, I wouldn't name the kid. I mean, the obvious one is you don't name the kid Adolf. Right. Um, You don't you don't you don't name the kid, you know. I wouldn't name the kid Frederick Wilhelm, right? Uh, My family fled Prussia. It would be kind of an offense to my, to my ancestors to name them after the, you know, the rulers that, that were forcing the conscriptions that caused them to flee the country. Um, so, but I'm very cognizant of these things because I overthink it, you know, message. Um, and so it's okay. How do you thread the needle of all these different things? And, and on top of all that, regardless of what else happens, because, you know, we decided and actually, you know, my wife decided that she wanted to take my last name and, you know, that's her decision in her business. And, and I like to think I didn't pressure her to do it at all. She just wanted to do it. Um, that, uh, well, okay, now the kid's going to have a German last name. So whatever first name you give them, they're going to have a German last name. Um, and so that means that there's a certain lean towards names that would fit phonologically and kind of contextually with that. Um, but, uh, but again, German names are better, uh, you know, the German names that sound really German are better for dogs than for people in, in America and in English speaking countries because they sound so exotic, um, you, need a I, German, I you a don't German necessarily
0: name. need a German name. You need a German-compatible name.
2: Yes, exactly. I don't need a German name, but I need a German-compatible name, and I don't want it to sound so exotic that, um, that the baby is sort of self-consciously being identified as part of a culture they don't belong to. But at the same time, I don't want it to be so generic that there's no flavor, right? And that there's no love put into it. And I also don't, and I'm not really particularly in the mood of repeating the name of somebody else, um, for this because then it's either going to be somebody on my side of the family or somebody on my wife's side of the family. Um, and those are completely different names. Nobody has the same name, uh, except ironically, two of my nieces have the same name on opposite sides of the family. So it's like, it would just be weird and tricky to pick a name, that we can name the kid after, especially because I'm named after my dad, sort of, and I'm not really a big fan of that. Um, it hasn't really been something in much the same way that Mark, the thing that you don't like about your name is your combination of consonants and vowels. The thing I don't like about my name is it's this weird half junior where I have a different, I, I wouldn't necessarily like being a junior more, but I have a different middle name. So I'm not a junior. So it's pretty confusing who you're talking to at any given time, which happened to me a lot when I was a kid. Um, At the very least, a name should uniquely identify you amongst a group of people in a house. Um, (laughs) Because if someone's yelling, then you want to know that it's you. (laughs) Or else it's like somebody else, right? Well,
0: right. So my brother's name was Michael. And this was always a problem when my mother was angry because it would be, Matt, 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 because we both started with the letter uh, the letter M. Like we haven't even gotten, and I, I'm not sure there's time to get into the, the thorny issue of middle names. But my middle name is Bernard. In case you want to, like, you know, know my security questions for all Great of my Germany, passwords, by the way. Yeah.
2: Um, also, another mouse with no pants. Uh, well, the
0: <laughs> So it was. Uh, it was um, Bernard is a name that's shared on two, on the two sides of my family. It's my mother's father's name and it's my dad's grandfather's name so uh one one i ironically neither german one polish and one french um, you know, the, 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 two countries that had some issues with the Germans right. in the 20th century and, uh, the, uh, but yeah, so, so it was this weird, it was this kind of weird coincidence where like they could both choose Matthew, which was, you know, which is biblical and seemed solid and like was, I think, uh, my mom says it was the most popular baby name the year that I was born. I'm not sure. I've not verified, I've not fact-checked that, that claim. Um, there have been actually remarkably few uh, Matthews in in my life, um, except at the company where I where I currently work, where the CEO is also named Matt. So he got Matt bef- though I call him other Matt. He got Matt before me, and they call me rather like it's a well, there's, there's football team or too. something. Well, yeah, over- yeah. It, well, yeah, it's true, and and we call Balinky Blinky because I feel like it's a, I I don't know it's a better. I don't know, cause we all went to college together. We sort of called each other by our last names in the kind of the great locker room tradition of, you know, college friends and, and, uh, uh yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of history there. I, I also would say that Belinky is a better, is a better, um, family name, you know, is a better, like, last name, uh, as her identity kind of name than than rather is because it it conveys personality which seems appropriate but again that's just because I know Belinky and so I associate Balinky with Balinkiness. Okay. Um, sorry, you rather
2: for, is a common word.
0: Uh, yeah, it's I mean so it's sort of obscure to me actually what what it is. My grandfather who didn't know what the the heck he was talking about um, Jack Rather John Devereux Rather Jr. Um, was he? Uh, was um convinced that it came from the Cape, the Cape of Wrath in the the mm. northern tip of Scotland and you know there is indeed Scottish you know ancestry in our family and this is probably completely apocryphal the near the nearest thing you know when i talked when i talked to people who do this sort of thing the nearest thing we can we can come up with is that it's probably a corruption either of uh, words that mean red hair uh, or else um, the German word for councilman, which is uh, sorry my pronunciation is terrible, but which is rot uh, hair like councilman like how the the you know the German city council is the Rathaus. Um so the the that's that 's what we think though i don 't know i 'm always i 'm always open to more You know, I don't know if you want to Google rather and like figure out, figure out for me. I'm very, I'm always interested in the, um, derivation of it because it's, it's, uncommon it's relatively uncommon um, and i've never i i too mark have had a kind of a long uh you know decades long in fact four decades long antipathy to my name largely because I have to explain how to spell it to someone several times a week and yeah i was I was at a bar i was at a uh, I was at a, a music venue I was at the troubadour in in l a um last night and i had had my bar tab open and um you know trying to explain what's the name that your tab is under well it's rather uh but with a w um is is always you know is is the bane of my is is the most first world of my first world problems
1: oh so much self-loathing over names here i think you're proud
2: of your name right you had an aforementioned issue with it as well um, that's annoying when somebody is yelling and you think it's at you then you're a kid but it's not Um, That's annoying. I like my nil name Francis because I think St. Francis is a cool character. I mean, that's a whole other dimension, which is like, are you named after a particular person that inspires you in some way? And then also, did you guys have that experience of kids of seeking out fictional characters that shared your name or either consciously or subconsciously and then really connecting and identifying with that? Um, Like for me, there's, you know, there's Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Nice. Right um there's peter i actually have an ancestor named peter abbott um so peter rabbit is kind of a little too close to home but um uh but yeah like for for me if i if encounter somebody named peter then there's the additional layer of like ooh, right that person has my name
1: um oh
2: i've got one there was
1: actually yeah. an astronaut someone who went up on the space shuttle named mark lee uh hmm. he was not asian no uh, he's a white dude uh, but uh, there's definitely a point in my life, probably between the ages of like eight and 10, that I wanted to be an astronaut. Um, and uh, as you can tell, that really was effective in aspiring me to the stars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, Matt, what about you? Did you like Daredevil or?
0: No, I did. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't a comic book guy. I can't, I can't like the, the math that I associate with childhood is Matt Christopher. And I, de- I didn't read any of those books because I didn't like sports. I was very I was very self-consciously an indoor child. <laughs> um and ironically even books about sports didn't appeal to me. You know the simulacrum of the thing was was as odious to me <laughs> as the thing um as the thing itself. Uh yeah, no it's a, it's uh it's a tough uh tough racket being named Matthew. I've always thought that I'd use my middle name. If I ever like, if I ever had been like a musician, if I'd ever like released a record or something, uh, I always thought Matthew Bernard or as a stage name as an actor, right? I always thought Matthew Bernard would be a cool, uh, would be a cool stage name, um, or well, an, a two, nom two de plume. two first
1: names, two first names like Elton John.
0: Yeah, exactly. um, yeah that that would be uh uh that, that 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 would be cool. I don't know. Stage names is a, is a whole other thing that we uh that we probably can't can't even get into. But like are are the best stage names made up out of whole cloth or are they somehow a like a cryptogram of, you know, your actual uh, you know, your actual name and, and the, you know, the, the very clever people can figure it out, you know, I, left as an exercise, left as an exercise to the reader. I feel like there are a lot of, uh, exercises to, uh, for the, for the listener on this one. Like, for the comments, um what is the what I think for the comments here here are the discussion questions that I'd like to foster, right? One, how were you named? Is your name a family name? Did your parents pick it out? Uh was it invented? We haven't even gotten into, you know, invented names, which I'm sometimes tempted to call silly, but then I remember there are human beings who are who are named that, who are, you know, entitled to, you know, dignity and respect. And so I, I try to check myself and not, you know, even the you know, even the chocolate labs named Mocha need love uh, and the the okay so how how were you named? was that a thing what 's the sort of derivation or etymology um, of your name, and have you named a thing, whether a child or or another type of creature and like how how did you approach the process of naming the thing? that you named any other questions that we should we should drop in as discussion questions for the comment section on this
1: episode what Uh, is your your nom de guerre
2: (laughs) (laughs) your nom de guerre yeah Like when you were in when you were in France during the war, what did you call yourself when you were fighting with the uh, Spanish resistance against Franco? Like, what do you mean you're care?
1: I, I mean, I mean Pete. You in mean a way. on
2: like, like Counter Strike? You, what's your video game <laughs> handle?
1: Yeah, interpret war as you will. Okay. Okay. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. What was your first AIM handle? And what did you how did you come up with it? I named my first AOL username was named after Richard Feynman, uh, who I thought was pretty rad at the time. Surely you must be joking. Oh, no, I'm not joking. But it was taken. (laughs) So it was actually Feynman1. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right these questions and others are left for an exercise to the listener in the comments thank you very much for listening mark and pete thank you very much for a fascinating discussion about names i i like the ones when we don't have a movie we just get to talk like friends um and (laughs) You know, after all, that's what's kept us doing this for 11 years. (laughs) Uh, So thank you very much. We'll be back next week with more Overthinking It podcast. Till then, visit us on the internet at overthinkingit.com, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it It probably probably doesn't doesn't deserve. deserve.
2: Can I read a poem to you, gentlemen?
0: I hope please?
2: so. <clears throat> Nico Toscani. Finn Adair. Jake Alexander. Gan Sironkiri. Colonel Robert Sykes. Polly Trunks. <laughs> Alex <laughs> Coates. Elijah Kane. Paul Wyland, Robert Bobby Samuels. Torres, Roland Salinger, Jacob Tao, Simon Ballister, Commander Marshall Lawson, John Sands, Jack Foster, Jonathan Cold, Cody, Travis Hunter, Jake Hopper, Sasha Petrosevich, Oren Boyd, Doctor Wesley McLaren. Jack Taggart, Lieutenant Colonel Austin Travis, Casey Ryback, Forrest Taft.
0: Okay, what are. Detective
2: Gino Fellino. Bing, 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 bing. Alex,
0: what are the names of Steven Seagal characters?
2: (laughs) And as himself in Roseanne in 1996, (laughs) Steven (laughs) Seagal. All names for one man on one mission to avenge his family at a red box near you.